If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Welcome to the HIV podcast. I had literally pursed my lips to say welcome then. I stole the welcome. And left me with nothing. Okay, well. <laughs> How are let's you? Let's just get on. No time for small talk this week, Jess. No chatter. Straight into it. Let's go. <laughs> what do I have? Oh, I tell you what, I do have something interesting, actually. So there's no corners of any sort really but just a little bit of news so lovely Stephen Hart got in touch with us left us a voice note which we very much enjoyed I did not know you could do that on Instagram so if anyone wants to you know leave us a voice note please do anyway his show Shadow Dreamer he said there's been lots of interest in that coming back and so we really really hope that it is that would be amazing love to see amazing to see yeah Oh, and a voice note. I mean, his voice is amazing anyway. His voice is wonderful. Actually, do you know what? I could play you a little bit of it, couldn't I? Just in case people who are listening are like, what does Stephen Hart sound like? Why are they so excited about his voice? I'll tell you why. I won't play you all of it, but have a little bit of this. Well, it's not playing. It's weird, isn't it? The phone's just not playing it at all, and I don't know what. I'm assuming my phone must be connected to some kind of Bluetooth thing somewhere else. So it's not playing on my phone, unfortunately, but it must be playing in some like headphones somewhere in my home or in someone's car. Ben's Ben's like off driving somewhere and he'll be hearing this. Like, who's even up? I just keep coming on. <laughs> oh, excellent. Right. Well, I really hope that happens. I hope that we get to go and see it. It will be amazing. Yep. Front row seats. That's us. Oh, I'm thinking a, a box. 
oh, I like where your head's at. You're like one one more than that. That is true also because we do like to sort of, I was going to say chatter, not that we chatter through a show, we're not rude, but we like to give each other knowing looks, don't we? We'd be like, mm, this is a good one because oh, I actually have more news. I totally forgot. I was going to say because we gave each other knowing looks when we just saw Emma Cole do her fantastic school talk, which oh, was on Friday. God, that was just the best Friday ever. Yes, I was going to say if anyone gets to go and see her, you'll only get to go and see her if you're at school. So probably not. But it was honestly, we featured Emma Cole before in one of our podcasts. So please do go back and have a listen because she's a phenomenal woman. But I had posted about us seeing her and I had said this woman has funny bones and people are probably like, what on earth are you on about? But honestly, the way in which she gives an HIV talk, it's so funny. She does it so well. She just grabs the audience and it's it's almost so unexpected, but oh, brilliant, wasn't it? It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. She's very articulate, very engaging. Yeah. So you kind of, from the start, you're totally invested in it. And I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. So that's what I was talking about, about us giving each other, we would give each other a little, yeah, that's a good bit. That's a nice, you know, that's a funny bit. So we'd just do that through a show. So a box would be best for us, Stephen, just letting you know. Mm. <laughs> like I'm making demands. <laughs> He's there going, no, guys, this isn't what's happening at yeah. all. I don't know. How have you made it all about you two? <laughs> yeah, who do you think you are? Like, really? Um, anyway, moving on. Yes. That's all I got. I've got nothing else. Oh, we should say, didn't you say that you listened to our podcast? Oh, you're so narcissistic, Jess. You listened to your own podcast the other day and there were no adverts at the start of it. And last week we banged on about adverts. So if anyone's listening and they haven't heard adverts, don't worry. We don't know how it works. Sometimes yeah. you'll get them. Sometimes you won't. Yeah, as 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 always, we're just flying by the seat of our pants in this podcast <laughs> journey together, Sarah, forever <laughs> learning things and unlearning them. And <laughs> so I'm not narcissistic. It's just that every listen actually counts and every download counts. And obviously, sometimes when I'm making the social media, look at me justifying this. Look at what you're doing to me, Sarah, making me like back. We're going to edit all of this out because you don't need to justify it at all. Makes <laughs> but- good sense to listen to it. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. And we do actually listen to it, obviously, before we put it out, just to make sure we haven't balled something up massively or offended anybody, which I don't think we ever would, but we just like to make double sure. But yeah, so it was a weird. So we did get lots of adverts, then there were no adverts. And I'm not really sure what's happening with the adverts, everyone. But, you know, if you did get some, then the explanation stands. And if you haven't, then just don't worry about it. Just move on. Excellent. Joy putting you on the spot there my apologies right oh let's move on to who we are looking at this week we are looking at the godfather of gangster rap or cotton's own easy Easy. yes i'm so excited i've I've been asking sarah to do this for ages oh oh my gosh do you know what i mean i would never ever consider myself cool enough to begin to understand the rap scene of america I love a bit of hip hop. I don't understand it and I'm not cool, but I do love hip hop. I love, oh, I do like NWA. I mean, look at the people it produced. Obviously, I know we're going to talk about Easy e and everything that happened there. But, you know, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre have gone on to do massive, massive things. So anyway, I'm getting overexcited. I'll let you begin. Yeah, I'm just not cool enough to, I don't even think I'm cool enough to deliver this episode of the podcast. But yes, you are. Look at you. And you're wearing camo. I feel like we're making an effort. Like it's kind of a bit, I was going to say street, but then that made me want to vomit in my own mouth. When, when they I wear camo then. This is like one of my oldest tops. This, You know, right, 
when I have run out of things to wear when this comes out. Oh, I like that. Should I make a note of that? When I see you in the office, you'll be like, she's giving up this week. Yeah, you could. Last week, you told me I had too many trainers, which I thought my husband had contacted you and told you to say that. <laughs> well, you did, you did say to me, because it was raining, this was when we went to see the Emma Cole talk, and, then, and Emma, Sarah had said, oh, I don't want to make my trainers dirty. And I noticed that they were like their box fresh, like they were beautifully white. And I said, oh, I've not seen those. Are they new? And you were like, shh. And I said, oh, you've got a lot of trainers, haven't you? I'm like, shut up, Jess, shut up. Well, thank goodness Fraser doesn't listen. Wow, let's hope not. He's in the house today, so okay. right now. Whispering about all Sarah's purchases. Back to Izzy. Look how uh, immediately off topic. You made it sound it's like you called him Izzy, and I liked that. Back to Izzy. <laughs> because I think you know, HIV and gangster rap is not an obvious combination, not really talked about. We've done a music episode, haven't we, uh, last year? Yeah. Where we talked about how some artists have used music to convey medium of HIV and safe sex messages but I would not say that gangster rap is up amongst there but in 1995 that all changed because Eazy-E announced he was HIV positive so first of all we're going to look at who he was and then we're going to look at what happened same format as we always use but I want to heavily caveat this episode I am a middle-aged woman I like mainstream music little mix for example I was so sad when they split up have they split up what do you not know? Well, they just, they didn't, well, I suppose they have split up, really. They're not together anymore. Right. Um, it was a sad day, Jess. But gangster rap is not my comfort zone. So this is as much a journey for me as it will be for some of you. And I ask for your understanding as I struggle my way through this. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> also, can I say, if your knowledge of rap is limited and you're thinking this episode is not for you, stick with it because you're going to learn a whole lot about American gang culture. And actually, it is interesting. It's also quite moving and sometimes very frustrating. I think there's something for everybody. Okay, so Easy E, born in 1964 in Compton in California. His real name Eric. was Eric. Right. Yes. What? <laughs> Sorry. I shouted Eric before you could get there. I'm so yep. excited about this episode. So yes, his real name was Eric Wright. Do you know, when I think about California, I always think... Orange groves. I'm not even sure they grow oranges there. But anyway, beach sunsets, Beverly Hills 90210, Compton. Nothing like that. No. So it's a suburb of LA known for gang culture, high crime rates. Easy E drops out of school quite early, actually. He's drug dealing. He's living, he's living in a dangerous area. And he's not the tallest guy, is he? No. And I think um, he's living in the sort of environment where only the toughest survive. And he has to carve out an image for himself that detracts from his small stature so you almost like you know i'm not the tallest but i'm the toughest that yeah. oh that should be your strap line from now on i don't think i'm that tough no you're not i was just being but you know we could use it anyway we could find something else i'm not the tallest but maybe that's just always the start <gasps> i'm gonna have that put on a t-shirt yes <laughs> yeah you should yeah and then we can add loads of different stuff yes exactly Okay, so you and Easy E, something in common there. So by the age of 22, he's making a, he's, he is making a good living, actually, out of drug dealing. But then his cousin is shot and killed, and he kind of takes stock of his own life, and he decides to be a hip-hop artist, and he starts Ruthless Records. And he asks music manager Jerry Heller to go into business with him. Now, he is, you've mentioned some of these, he's not the only rap artist out there. Of course he's not. There's hundreds of them. But he joins up with Dr. Dre and Ice Cube and they form NWA. And they all work 
kind of quite closely together. So Easy E uh, releases his own album, Easy Does It. That was produced by Dr. Dre and DJ Yella. NWA, um, they released probably the best known rap album. I'm basing that on the fact that I've heard of it. And it was called Straight Out of Compton. Yeah. I can't say it the way they say it, Jess. <laughs> I just sound like a middle-aged white woman. Straight out of Compton, everybody. Straight out of the borough of Compton. Yes. <laughs> now, this is the frustrating part for me because there are arguments about money and fallings out. Ice Cube leaves NWA and a diss war starts. I mean, for those of you that don't know the rap lingo, a diss war is essentially one rapper putting down another through rap. Which was very famously, um, well, it was sort of made most famous by Biggie and Tupac when they had had fallen out, right? That was like a massive, massive diss war. But yes, this is kind of where it all began, diss track. Yeah, well, yes. I'm sure actually it was, I, I bet it, that's where it was in the mainstream. I'm sure there were tons of diss tracks that we just don't know existed that were like in the underground scene. Happened all the time, didn't it? I think I do think it's quite clever. And I'd rather people did that than thought. We should make diss tracks about people that we don't like, Sarah. I think we should just put secret messages in our podcast episodes. Subliminal messages. What, like when people used to play the Beatles records backwards and they thought it said like red rum and things? If you play the podcast backwards, there's a secret message. Don't, because there isn't, and you'll have wasted all your time. I don't want to start a diss war with anybody. Not even me. Oh, God. How inarticulate am I at the best of times? I couldn't even say that. The written word, Jess. That's what I'm about. I'll do it through that. Okay, I like it. Just what? That just sounds like you're going to send me hate mail. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, little hate notes. I'm going to leave them on post-it notes on your desk. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Go on. We've digressed. We have, yes. So um, NWA split up when Jerry Heller became their manager. Remember, he's the one that started the record company with Easy e The others felt that he favoured Easy e over them. So Dr. Dre sent two other rappers, the DOC, which stands for, yes, I do know this, Dallas Oakcliff, which is the home, which was his home neighbourhood. I thought it was something amazing. And I was like, oh, it's just where he lives. Fair enough. And Suge Knight to sort it all out. Now, they are quite notorious, especially Suge Knight and his why? This is when it all just got out of control for me and I was just down a right rabbit hole. It's fascinating, so, isn't it? Fascinating. Oh, gosh. And, and, and so much to unpick. So actually, I'm sure this was quite hard for you because like you're saying, I think this would spider off in a thousand different directions. Yes. No, you are absolutely right. So Suge Knight, Marion Hugh Knight is his actual real name and he's an American, former record executive, convicted felon and felon. A felon? A felon, yes. He's a felon. He's <laughs> a convicted felon and the co-founder and former CEO of Death Row Records. I have a gym top that literally is a Death Row Records uh, t-shirt. It's not very interesting for you, but I wore it yesterday. Don't support them, Jess. Oh, I oh, know. Yeah, I, I'm not supporting them, but I do like a lot of the music they put out. You know, they had Snoop Dogg, like Tupac. It was good yes. in its heyday, but don't get me wrong, a lot of violence. Not condoning that. Well, he's considered, isn't he, a central figure in gangster rap's commercial success in the 90s. Yes. And his record company's first two album releases were by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. And look how huge they both are. Tupac Shakur also signed up to Death Row Records. So Shook paid his bail and freed him from prison because he was serving in a four and a half year sentence. So they're quite tight. Popular rap lingo <laughs> for they were quite close. Good buddies. They're bros. <laughs> bros. I just can't say that. So one night, having been to a boxing match in Las Vegas, both Tupac and Suge 
were in a group that assaulted someone called Orlando Anderson, a Southside Compton Crips gang member. Three hours later, someone shot at the car that Shug was driving and they fatally wounded Tupac. Shug was also injured. I remember hearing about when he died. It was awful, wasn't it? Yeah. And it, actually, if you look into it, there's, I mean, there are lots and lots of different documentaries. Nick Broomfield especially did a really amazing one and looking at what actually happened. And it's not really what you think you know you need to go and really have a look well we will look at not that particular incident but yes how everything is not perhaps how it seems yeah at face value so dr dre left death ray record shortly after tupac's death followed by snoop dogg two years later and then Doug's record label went into decline allegations are mounting up against him that he employed gang members he was known for violence he used intimidation when doing business deals there was a Uh, rumor that he and again allegedly that he allegedly dangled vanilla ice off of um the side of a building well he's i mean he's been he's had a lot of convictions hasn't he for assault probation violations parole violations and then in 2015 shook was convicted of voluntary manslaughter after a fatal hit and run 29 years in prison and he's still there he shouldn't be released until at least 2034 wow he's also the prime suspect in orchestrating the murder of the notorious big okay now the doc real name tracy lynn curry was an american rapper songwriter and record producer he collaborated with nwa he co-wrote some of their songs he co-wrote easy E's debut album he co-wrote dr dre solo debut album and he's one of the founders of death ray records that's how he knew shook now i've deviated a little bit but I just wanted to show how intertwined that whole scene is. They all know each other, they all work with each other, they all fall out. And also the sort of characters, because at face value, it seems quite odd that if allegations were being made that Jerry Heller favoured Easy e why send a rapper and a record executive in to sort it out? But they're not just that, are they? I mean, they've got form, well, Shook has. Yeah, they're sort of enforcers, really, in a way, I suppose, aren't they? They're like the, the muscle that you're sending in, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, to say we're not happy about this and we, it's got to be sorted. And have you seen Suge Knight? He's huge. He is an enormous man. And I don't just mean tall, like a massive intimidating presence. Yeah, no, he really is. I wonder if he's listening to this in prison. Well, if he is... Hello, Mr. Knight. That's going to sound quite scared if he is. <laughs> I don't think he would be. No, I don't. He probably turned <laughs> off when we started saying that they were all bros. He's just like, no, thanks. This is a load of rubbish. <laughs> Not for me. Yeah, no. Chums. Good chums. That is the most British thing. I don't think anyone else uses that word, do they? Chums. <laughs> wow. Oh, gosh. Okay, back to Easy E. So the DOC and Shug look into Easy es finances and request that Dr. Dre be released from Ruthless Records. Now, it was reported that Easy e refused, so Shug Knight told him that he'd kidnapped Jerry Heller and was holding him prisoner in a van. That didn't work with Easy e He's just like, yeah, so what? They're not as good chums as they thought. So then Shug Knight, um, he threatens him, but with his own kind of family. So he gives him a piece of paper that contains Easy E's mother's address. And he says, I know where your mama stays. And that convinced Easy E to release Dr. Dre and the DOC. And that officially ended NWA. Shouldn't Knight just likes to be in control of all of it, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Well, it's going to be for, people... for a benefit to himself, isn't it? I'd oh, gosh, absolutely. Absolutely. But he is connected to all the rappers that I have say looked into I haven't really researched it but his name comes up again and again and again he and I do believe he controls or thinks he controls everything oh I've written in my notes here God, they've got 
acronyms in the HIV sector. They have DOC, NWA, what's going on here? Oh, gosh. Okay. But what I've learned is that there is never a dull moment in the world of rap. It is drama after drama. So moving on, focusing back on EZE. Oh, gosh, do you remember those news reports about Rodney King? Yeah. You know, he was beaten up by the police officers in yeah. uh, America in 1996. EZE was very supportive of one of the officers on trial, and it was controversial. His opinion was very controversial at the time. Three of the officers were white. One was Mexican-American. And EZE said it was wrong as the media reported that all four officers were white, which is an unusual stance to take. Does colour come into it when you're on trial for abusing your position as a police officer and violently beating up a black man? Anyway, three were acquitted. The jury couldn't reach a verdict on the fourth. And you'll remember it led to the LA riots. Yeah. But EZE's opinion on all of this caused controversy. Con- caused controversy within the rap community he was labeled a sellout for this for his opinions around this and i think it's weird oh really so was he not was he seemingly not bothered about what had happened to rodney king was he more focused on how the reporting of the officers was like whether it was for white officers or not was that his real main focus yeah yeah so it's the inaccuracies about someone's background that he's got an issue with really because he's saying they're not all not all four of them are white one of them was kind of mexican-american and i mean did he watch the video i mean i don't know i just thought it was an unusual exactly kind of stance to publicly voice no i i agree i agree it's uh, yeah bizarre and it didn't kind of help his position i suppose with rap community there were feuds going on anyway there's an ongoing feud between him and dr dre which has played out through rap lyrics insults being fired backwards and forwards and you know public are loving it of course they are and it's helping them to sell records which is why i've always felt it's a bit staged isn't it really but the way it works i guess it's a is it a bit of divide and conquer is that how some of it works but you're right controversy sells it sells everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Remember those two girls, those two, oh, that thing she said, oh, that thing she said, trying to turn my head. Tattoo. Yes, that's it. I mean, that was so controversial at the time, wasn't it? Just it was two girls. And that, I mean, that just went bonkers. Didn't that go to number one? Yeah, it did. But it was so contrived, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, they were Russian, weren't they? And the video was quite sexual. Well, yeah, well, they were also wearing school uniforms. They were having an underage relationship. Yes, exactly. It was, I mean, I don't know how I'm trying to relate this, but what I'm saying is it was the first other controversial thing that came into my head that I thought, yeah, you're right, controversy sells. It really does. Look at Robbie Williams when he was starting to have his, starting his solo career and he's having that battle with Oasis. <gasps> That's true. Him and Liam Gallagher at Glastonbury. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, ooh, do you know, maybe we should do something similar. Who do you want to start a fight with? Another podcast. I don't want to. <laughs> Let's go big. Let's go for a parent in hell. Rob Beckett, Josh Widdicombe. I mean, Josh Widdicombe's tiny. You can take him out. I'll do, deal with Rob Beckett. Right, let's come back. Let's, yeah, I've taken us on. Right, Easy e having a feud. Everyone in the rap community is dissing Easy e because of his opinions around the... Um, Rodney King. Rodney King, thank you. And the feud with Dr. Dre kind of plays out through Easy's album as well. So in his album cover included pictures of Dr. Dre wearing kind of lacy clothes and makeup from when he was in an electro-hop group called World Class Wrecking Group. And I've heard of that. So again, it's the lingo, isn't it? Clans, crews, gangs. We need a collective name. Do you remember Blazing Squad? See, off tangent oh, again. Oh, don't, don't. Do you know what? I don't, no. 
don't we're not we can't mention them in the same yes but do you remember i did that's a cover i don't care there were 400 of them and it's very interesting the best part about blazing squad is when marcel went on to love island and then told everyone he was in blazing squad but made it out like it was a secret but actually just told everybody that's probably the the the, the time that i've liked anything about blazing squad apart from that no thank people you even check there were so many of them I think I could say I was in Blazing Squad and people wouldn't bother to check. So that will be my new claim to frame. Do you need to so, take it? Yeah, I was one of the original members of Blazing Squad. So you're at the crossroads. <laughs> Amazing. We think we need um, a collective descriptor for us, not just us two, but for all our listeners as well. Oh, as our community. Yeah, like we'd be the HIV squad. I know that's lame. Let's not go with that. I don't want to be a squad. I like a crew or a clan. Clan's a bit Scottish. Nothing wrong with Scotland. <laughs> I liked how you quickly, quickly said, yeah, good, good stuff. But we don't want to be kind of linked to one geographic area. We could be the Crews THP crew, the THP crew, another acronym. Maybe something rhymes with HIV. What rhymes with HIV? I mean... Loads of stuff. Like God. Hey, Will, our lovely friend Will, he'll be listening to this right now because very creative, screaming things at the podcast going, oh, come on, you two. What about this? What about that? That That is true, actually. Well, I, I suppose you could take the end syllable, couldn't you? So the V, because lots of things rhyme with, with you know, like E, that kind of me, we, C, D, F, key, he. This is interesting for everyone listening. <laughs> I feel like we've descended into a new level of madness. Is anybody <laughs> still with us? <laughs> if you've persevered, like you're on your daily walk and you're listening to this, just, just stop. Have a sit on a bench. Take a few minutes out. <laughs> Congratulate yourself. Okay, right. Let's continue. Bird, flock. I'm going through animal ones now. A flock. Do you know what a flock, what a... A flock of HIV? <laughs> <laughs> I like it, but a flock also reminds me a bit of like religion. Oh, does it? Well, they, well, Vicar says it's my flock, don't they? Oh, they do. Oh, yeah, no, we don't want anything like that. Okay. Do you know what a group of crows is called? I do know this, but I can't remember. It's, it's called, called something, a murder. Yes. Yes. We could be the murders. I want... Anyway. Right. Let's let's move on. Fast forward to 1995. Easy E isn't well. He's admitted to hospital on the 24th of February with suspected pneumonia. He actually had AIDS. And there's a film. I know you'll have watched it straight out of Compton. Out of Compton. Look how middle class I am. Straight out of Compton. Based on his life. Not watched the whole thing, but I have watched some of those scenes. Oh, the scenes in hospital. It's just too sad. I can't watch it. Yeah, no, it's a really good film. Do go and watch that. It's very, very good. It is very good. Um, He announces his illness in a public statement on the 16th of March. With these words, I'm reading it as he wrote it. So again... Might sound a bit weird. He said, now I'm in the biggest fight of my life and it ain't easy. But I want to say much love to those who have been down with me and thanks for all your support. Just remember, it's your real time and your real life. He makes amends with the people he's fallen out with, such as Ice Cube. So the film shows others, they, they're so loyal, aren't they? They're visiting him in hospital. They're waiting outside his hospital room. They're all kind of rooting for him. And it was so unexpected yes and i think that comes across in the media at the time in the film as well that nobody could have seen this coming um he marries his girlfriend in hospital uh, and on the 26th of march he dies he's only 30 years old his funeral as you would expect was attended by thousands of people he's buried in a gold casket and then 10 months after his death the final album is released and I, it is it's true to say that his death was a massive shock to the entire hip-hop 
community and it made people realise that HIV wasn't a gay white man's disease. At the time, everyone really, really shocked. The only point of reference really of a man of colour having HIV was Magic Johnson. So it was... Yeah, hugely shocking for the whole community. Next week, we're going to look at how the hip hop community responded to Easy E's death and some of the conspiracies around um, how he contracted HIV. Okay, amazing. So we've decided to split it into two just because there's so much surrounding this, isn't it? Yes, yes. So I've done it as so it probably sounds a bit fragmented. It's not supposed to be, but it was originally one episode and we've waffled for so much that we think we need to split it into two. (laughs) Oh, God, Sarah's losing her voice. I am losing my voice. This is not good at all. Okay, well, amazing. I'm actually really glad we're splitting it into two because I think a lot of people turned off when I started listing words that sound like E. Quite possibly, yes. Yeah, let's cut our losses, come back next week, refreshed, focused, and get the rest of the episode done. Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and videos.